Welcome to the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs for September 13th. How am I for sound? Good? Today uh, is actually, it's, it's, today's one of the more interesting topics we've had in my time as a moderator at the Southern Alberta Council of Public Affairs. Uh, it's not maybe as weighty as some of the other things we've discussed, but certainly it's got a, it's got a lot of impact culturally and economically, and, and I, I know our speaker's going to do a wonderful job talking about that. Um, today, we are going to be discussing, and this is what I love, the Olympics. Cultural touchstone, right? The Olympics. Uh, a, a wonderful event for, I guess, drug cheats and corporations and governments with poor human rights records. Uh, but also a, a wonderful testament to the human spirit and effort and all the other things. It's a, it's a wonderful two-sided coin, the Olympics. But also very expensive. That, that's one of the things that's going to be discussed here as Tom steps up. His background is, for those of you who don't know who Tom Sindlinger is, he is the, the lone voice crying in the wilderness for the Heritage Trust Fund at one point in his political career. Probably late 70s? Not to date you, Tom, but... A <laughs> little bit before the second. Uh, crying out to save the Heritage Trust Fund, he was an MLA in Calgary Wood Buffalo? Calgary Buffalo, yes. And, and, uh, and from there, I mean, served in the Alberta Reform Movement, has been a corporate speaker. Before all that, though, he was a basketball player. And for those efforts as a basketball player, right here, he is in the Lethbridge Sports Hall of Fame. I wonder, can you still play? He absolutely can still play, so maybe a pickup game after this. I can no longer play, so I won't. I am Dylan Purcell. I'm your moderator today. Um, I used to be the sports editor at the Lethbridge Herald uh, in 1988. I attended the Calgary Olympics, quite a few events, and dreamed of being a sports writer, and then I became a sports writer in an era of newspaper income that did not enable them to send reporters to the Olympics. So wonderfully, in 1988, I enjoyed the Olympics and never again. Um, as many of you know, Calgary's thinking of bidding on the 2026 Olympics. Uh, it's a huge economic impact that Calgarians are probably all too familiar with, as uh, Calgarians of a certain age have been dealing with the economic fallout from it, but they've also been enjoying the cultural fallout from it. So there's, as I say, it's a two-sided coin. Uh, Tom, here, uh, Tom here gets called a Canadian economist in my write-up, um, focus, with a focus on the marketing of natural resources and transportation and governance. But I, I think when you look at, at Tom's resume and you see the, the Hall of Fame basketball, the efforts as an MLA, the efforts uh, on Senate reform, um, the way he spoke out in his political career uh, about financial mismanagement and things, I think that gives you probably a clearer focus of, of who Tom is at his core and what informs his focus on the marketing of natural resources, transportation, and governance. Um, I'm just going to run through really quickly some of the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs things that absolutely need to be monitored. One, please turn your cell phones to silent or turn them right off. It's uh, it, nothing worse than an impassioned speaker speaking about a topic that they're passionate about, and all of a sudden, you know, do 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 it's, it's pretty awful. We've got 30 minutes for a presentation. And I will be giving Tom a signal that looks like I'm threatening him, but is not. Annalise handles the threats. <laughs> Everything is recorded. This is as much for Tom's benefit as yours. That means question period is recorded. So when you do get up to ask questions, be aware that everything you say is being recorded. And, you know, it's, it's sunk a political career at one point in time. Um, 
All of it will be posted on the Southern Alberta Council of Public Affairs website, so that's sacpaw.ca. Yeah, sackpot.ca, see? Uh, Shaw TV usually records this, and they are a proud sponsor and supporter, as well as other media outlets that help us out, uh, the Lethbridge Herald notably. Uh, CTV is here. Uh, we've often got global news here. It, it, we're quite the media storm here in, at the Sackpaw. Uh, welcome to the Royal Canadian Legion. I think it's relevant. The soil we trod on matters. The building we're in today matters too. Um, the names on the wall matter. That's something that if you find a moment before you leave, maybe just reflect on what this Canadian Legion stands for. $14 for lunch. There is a basket on each table. Have someone at the table gather the money. At this table, anybody but Terry Shillington to gather the money. He's been short a few times and he blames it on everybody else. So $14, everyone just throw your money in the table. If you need to make change, well, you might be in trouble because I can't, I have no change. Canuti pays for mine. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, um, Tom Sindlinger, a former MLA, former basketball player right here, and, and a wonderful speaker speaking about a topic that few people know more about. Uh, thank you very much. I am from Lethbridge. I grew up here. And coming back today, it's rather exciting. I like being here in Lethbridge. I love the city. I bet all of you feel, feel the same way when you come back to your hometown. I have uh, worked around the world in 19 different countries. And uh, it's amazing how often when you're around, working somewhere else, the connections you have with the city you grew up in. One of my first jobs took me to uh, Washington, D.C., where I was in an Undersecretary of Defense's office. And on his mantle, he had a little memento from his hunting in Canada. He was a big game hunter. And so in order to develop rapport with him, I mentioned that, oh, I'm from Canada. And he said, well, I want to tell you about my hunting trips up in Canada. And he started explaining to me and describing Welling, Alberta. And I'm sitting there thinking, Welling, Alberta? <laughs> well, that's just outside Lethbridge, of course. So we went on from there. Another example I have of uh, meeting Lethbridgeites was uh, I was doing a project in Panama. And I knew from talking to another group that there was a tour group coming from Lethbridge. And they told me the name of somebody who would be in that group. Well, I checked on when that ship would be going through the Panama Canal and made a point of being at the Miraflora locks the day it did. And as it came through the locks, that ship is as close to people as I am to you. That ship goes through the canal, and I was standing there as it came through. And of course, all the tourists on the ship are along the line of the rail, because this is a great experience. And as it came through, I'm looking at the people, and I finally saw this gentleman. And I yelled out his name as he went through the Panama Canal. He's looking at down at me, he says, Tom, what are you doing here? <laughs> Another experience I had with the Lethbridge connection was in Moscow. I was a party at the uh, at a party at the Canadian Embassy, and while I was standing there, I heard somebody behind me 
mention Lethbridge. I'm thinking, Lethbridge? I'm in the Moscow Embassy. What are they doing talking about Lethbridge? So I turned around right away and joined the group and started talking to them. They wanted to know what I knew about Lethbridge. And I said, well, when I was 50 years old, uh, just to uh, make up for what I'd said to my children one time, I ran 50 kilometers from Fort McLeod to Lethbridge. Now, all of you know why I picked that route, because it's totally flat. <laughs> and I like telling other people about that, too, when I'm talking to someone in another country and they don't know the second reason for that route from Lethbridge to, or from Fort McLeod to Lethbridge. If I had told that story to somebody from Lethbridge, you would say you'd be more impressed if I'd run upwind from Lethbridge to Fort McLeod. <laughs> so, Today, anyway, I'm going to talk to you about the Olympics. But first of all, I'm going to give you a disclaimer here, and that is in regard to fake news. Now, we all know about fake news today. Now, this story goes back to when I was playing basketball at the Lethbridge Civic Center in the Lethbridge Christmas Tournament. And uh, I was with a team from Calgary and uh, we were in the final game. Now, as a kid, what I had done was snuck into the Lethbridge Civic Center and just to shoot hoops as long as I could until the janitor heard me in there, and then he would come down there shouting and kick me out. Well, I was playing in that tournament, uh, I don't know how many years ago, but anyway, we were in the final game, and it came down to the last 10 seconds and we were behind one point. The coach called timeout and set up a play for our last shot to win or lose the game. Well, I didn't have to worry. I wasn't concerned that much because I had on the team with me two Olympic players, Tom Bishop and Rommel Raffin, plus an all-star from the Western Canada University League, Ted Hellard, who eventually became the owner of the Calgary Stampeders plus a player from Portland State University. So I wasn't going to be even a part of the play. Well, I got out there, and of course the defense knew that. Raymond uh, figured, well, Sindlinger's not going to get the ball, so we'll leave him alone, and we'll go check these other guys. So I'm standing out there at the top of the key, enjoying this, going to watch what's happening. Nobody around me. And they were double-teaming the other players. And they couldn't get the shot off. Next thing I knew, somebody threw the ball at me. I'm standing there with the ball with two seconds to go. And Tim Tallstrup, one of the greatest basketball players from Southern Alberta, sees this. He's foot six foot seven, a big guy, comes running out at me with his hand up in the air. I can't even see the basket. But I know that there's only two seconds left. I got to do something. I threw the ball at the basket. Well, the horn buzzed went off before I could see what happened, but then I stood around and looked around Tim Tallstrip. I'll be darned if the ball didn't go in. We won the game and the tournament. We were running all over the gym. Well, that's not the point of the fact, fake news. You're wondering what that has to do with fake news. Well, we were in the dressing room after the game on the south side of the Civic Center, sitting there waiting to change. We're all excited about this. And there's a rap on the window, you know, about 
six feet up. They have those narrow windows there. A rap on the window. And somebody yelled, Tom. And Tom again. So I went there and opened the window. And down there, reaching up, was a guy, and he pushed up a six-pack of Lethbridge Six beer. And the guy that did it was the janitor from 20 years earlier who had been kicking me out of the gym when I snuck in there. <laughs> Boy, I felt good about that. <laughs> now, the fake news part of this. Two weeks later, back in Calgary, I got a newspaper clipping from my mother describing that game. And I'm not going to say the author of the article is Pat Sullivan, because somebody here might know him. <coughs> but anyway, it was a quarter-page article of Pat Sullivan's interview with me. Pat Sullivan and I never knew each other, nor had we talked to each other the night of that basketball game. So, fake news. I'm going to give you some fake news tonight, or this afternoon, about the Olympic Games. I am old enough to have been around when they had the 1988 Olympics in Calgary. Now, how did the Olympics idea get going there? Well, I happen to know because it was started by the Calgary Booster Club. The Calgary Booster Club felt that Calgary could never be a big-time city until we got a National Hockey League team. So they went about trying to get a National Hockey Arena built because Calgary could not get a National Hockey League team until they had a National Hockey Arena. So they started to promote a National Hockey League arena. Well, nobody in Calgary wanted to pay for a National Hockey League arena. And so the idea was shot down pretty soon. Well, in the back room, there was a bright young guy, I'm not going to mention any names, who said, you know what we ought to do? Don't call it a National Hockey League arena. Call it an Olympic arena. And everybody looked at him thinking, what, what are, are you serious? We could never get the Olympics here in Calgary. Well, they went home and thought about something. They came back and said, you know, why don't we try that idea? And before you knew it, they had the city council thinking, we should build a National Hockey League arena. And that's how we got a National Hockey League arena in Calgary. They called it the Olympic Arena. And soon after that, they said, well, if we got an Olympic arena, why don't we get the Olympic Games? Off they go. That's how Calgary got the 1988 Olympic Games, by doing that. Now we're back, uh, what's this, about 30 years later? And about two or three years ago, the Calgary Flames were saying, we need a new arena. And they proposed building a new arena called Calgary Next. And to sugarcoat it, they said, we'll build, or not we'll build, we should build a new National Hockey Arena in conjunction with a field house. Well, again, the people in Calgary said, we're not going to do that. We think if you want an arena, you should build it. And they're thinking back to 1988, when the National Hockey League Arena was built, 
Now, Calgary Flames did not pay a penny for that arena. Nor since then has the Calgary Flames paid a penny in rent for that arena. I don't know how many business people are here in this room, but how would you like to go to city council and have the city council build you a business somewhere and not charge you any rent for that whole thing? Well, that's where we are today. We are talking about the cost of a new Olympic arena. And my comment on this is this, we, if we're gonna build a new Olympic or hockey, National Hockey League Olympic, National Hockey League Arena, why don't we just build the National Hockey League Arena? It would be much, much less expensive without the International Olympic Committee markup. Now, if we were to take the money that they're talking about spending on the Olympics today, that is enough money to build a covered indoor two-rink arena with bleachers and lounges for every one of the 400 communities in Calgary and still have enough money left over to build a National Hockey League arena and still have enough money left over to buy the flames. So what are we doing talking about buying or having Olympics when all we want are the flames? I had the pleasure last night of having dinner with uh, my brother, my sister, uh, his, his daughter, and his partner. And I put to them this question that I'm going to put to you now. And that is, should Calgary host the Olympics? Well, to me, it's a no-brainer. But on the one hand, when I speak disparaging about getting the Olympics, people look at me and say, but you're a former athlete, Tom. Don't you want these facilities? Wouldn't it be nice for the athletes to train here and things like that? And I think I'm in the Lethbridge Sports Hall of Fame. And for that, I have one of your guests here today, Dr. Gary Bowie, who nominated me and talked the others into putting me in the Lethbridge Sports Hall of Fame. So thank you, Dr. Bowie. And I'm also in the Alberta Sport Hall of Fame. I'm also in the Canadian Championship Basketball Hall of Fame. So obviously, I should support the Olympics. Well, perhaps as an athlete, I do. You know, if you look at the cost of these Olympics and look at the number of Alberta athletes we sent to Korea just a little while ago, we sent 24 athletes there. And the cost of those Olympics, divided by those 24 Olympics, or Olympians, is $184 million an athlete. I would like somebody I would have liked somebody, when I was an athlete, to spend $184 million on me. You know, I got to be a Canadian champion without having that done. So, to you I ask, should Calgary host the next Olympics? And you're going to say, well, what's in it for me? Well, the fact is, 
that you will pay for the Calgary Olympics if Calgary gets them. I'm going to ask Heather and Jerry if they'll give me a hand to hand out these ballots that I've got. These are actually playing cards. But I'll ask Heather and Jerry if you will give one of these to everybody here. And then you can vote by, these are red ones. If you think Calgary should host the Olympics, give them the red one. If you don't, I have some other cards here that are blue. So those that think that Calgary should host the Olympics, here's your ballot, the red or the, the blue one. No one is the red one. Actually, what I'm asking you is should everybody in Lethbridge pay for the Calgary Olympics? Jerry and Heather, would you be kind enough, please? Thank you. That won't be very helpful because you notice how confused I am already. <laughs> the red one is no and the blue one is yes. Now the reason I'm asking you this is that you are going to be paying for the Calgary Olympics. Now the next question you should ask is how much? How much? Well, we get numbers every day on the Olympics. Yesterday, the, or two days ago, the number we got was 5.23 billion. Is there anybody in this room who has ever seen a billion dollars? Anybody ever seen a billion dollars? All right, then let's talk about millions. Has anybody in this room ever seen a million bucks? All right, here's the guy you want to talk to when you're looking about buying beer after. <laughs> so. A million bucks, I don't even know what a million dollars is. You know, I have trouble with even $20. I've got $20. I know what $20 is. So is there a way that we can put this billion dollars in terms that everybody here, including me, can understand? And the answer is yes, there is. It's very simple. I told you that I was an athlete. Now I'm going to tell you that I'm an economist. Now economists don't do much more than just add up numbers. It's simple arithmetic. Adding and subtracting and dividing. So when they say that the Olympics are going to cost $5.23 billion, and by the way, that is just pie in the sky today, because every Olympic Games that have been held since the Second World War have been at least double the estimates for those games. So if somebody tells you that those games are going to cost 5.23 billion, the first thing you do is multiply by a factor of at least two, twice of what they're saying it will be. But we'll stick with the number they're giving us today 
because that will be the minimum cost to each one of you. Whatever estimates they give you from now until the Olympic Games of Calgary were to get them will be at least double that. So you can argue about the cost of this here and the cost of that there, and if we refurbish this rather than building that. The minimum cost is the number I'm going to give you now. 5.23 billion, subtract to what they hope will be corporate sponsorship, which by the way, they will not get, because it's based on the corporate sponsorship they got for the 1988 Olympics. And at that time, Alberta was very well off. I was in the legislature at that time. And we talked about the uh, Heritage Trust Fund. The Alberta government had so much money, it had more money than its annual budget, that it didn't know what to do with. So they set up a bucket over here to put the money in it, and they called it the Alberta Heritage Savings Trust Fund. But the Alberta Heritage Savings Trust Fund, the bucket wasn't big enough. So they set up another bucket for the excess money from the annual revenues, the Heritage Fund, and then that bucket. So when I was in the legislature, my job as a member of the uh, Alberta Heritage Savings Trust Fund Select Standing Committee was to try to figure out what to do with that money. And my colleagues on the committee, they'd sit there and think, well, why don't we build a new hospital in every community in, this, in the province? Or, or why don't we build a, a new curling rink? Or why don't we make more roads or stuff like this? My suggestion was an Alberta Heritage Scholarship Fund. That fund was set up with a $100 million endowment, and it still exists today. And $65 million has gone to 25,000 Alberta students over the years from that fund. Now, today is different. We do not have any money. The Calgary, the city of Calgary has exceeded, exceeded the maximum amount of its credit card allowed by the Alberta Municipal Government Act. It already has debt of $3 billion. It has already committed to billions of dollars for new LRT lines, for roads, etc. They're over it by 54%. Now, if anybody is going to host the Olympics, what they have to do, if Calvary does, they don't have the money, they're going to have to borrow it. And when people talk about the Olympics, one thing they do not talk about is the interest on the money they would have to pay. Anybody who's had a mortgage or a car loan knows that the interest on those items often exceeds the capital cost of those things. So if you're talking about financing the Olympics, you're going to have to double it just to pay the interest. Never mind doubling it for the estimate. That's why financial analysts and economists talk about the Olympics being financial folly. You're getting a number that makes it sound good, but you're not, they're not talking about the estimates being one half of the actual cost. They're not talking about the interest. Now, it might surprise somebody to hear this, 
but the Alberta government has also maxed out its credit card. It has more debt now than the Alberta Municipal Government Act allows. So both Calgary government and the Edmonton government do not have the money to pay for the Olympics. So folks, what is this gonna cost you in Lethbridge? The bare minimum is that number that they're giving you today, 5.23 billion, divided by the number of taxpayers in this province. There's over two million taxpayers in the province, of which you all are one of them. If you just divide that number by the number of taxpayers, it is going to cost each one of you $1,000. So the question really isn't, should Calgary host the Olympics? The Calgary is, or the question should be, should you and Lethbridge be paying $1,000 minimum for the Calgary Olympics? Now, I have a gentleman, the moderator down front, has been very kind in pointing out to me, listen, man, you got five minutes left. And then he goes four. And then he starts going like this, one minute left. I've been places where what they do is speaking, they have someone standing beside you. And if you exceed your time, they just take your arm and gently haul you off. And if that doesn't work, they call up the biggest guy in the audience. Hey, we need help up here. Get this guy out of here. Well, sir, that was my introduction to what I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very, very much for having me back here in my hometown in Lethbridge. Thank you.